to One Season Wonders, a show about the missteps and miracles of forgotten television. I'm your co-host, Jeff Zuschlag. I'm your co-host, Mark Zuschlag. And today we're discussing episode 11 of the uh, uh, not-so-hit Fox <laughs> original series, Terra Nova. The, the penultimate episode. Yes. yes. The penultimate episode. Uh, because the it turns out that this show, uh, being the big, you know, uh, swinging swaggery show that it is it decided to not only combine its pilot episode into as like two episodes but its final what what it didn't realize at the time would be its final episode but its finale is also two well, episodes maybe they didn't realize maybe they didn't realize it was going to be the final episode and they're just like fuck it let's just air it now <laughs> get it out of the way i don't i mean maybe like i don't know the exact timeline events but i don't think so just because like they were shopping this to Netflix afterwards. And again, the show, just to remind the audience of some history, the show wasn't like a disaster in terms of ratings. It just wasn't amazing. It wasn't justified, like fully justifying the, the, uh, the budget yeah. and the creators, uh, not the creators, excuse me, the, the network uh, uh, heads running it didn't see it growing and didn't want to like inflate the budget to try to compensate it just like it wasn't worth it basically right. but not not because it was a, a flop just because it wasn't a hit basically right um so i don't know like how far in advance they knew that the that the writing was on the wall because again they might have had hopes of continuing it elsewhere or like you know uh, it's hard to say i just like to imagine that they got to the 11th episode and they're like wow you know the ratings aren't doing that well let's just let's air this final episode and just you know call it a day like end it wait there are two episodes left <laughs> <laughs> shit oh man all right I'll just just show them both at once time for this. Uh, dancing with the well, stars is airing next week so. <laughs> that's gonna be a smash it's gonna be a smash everyone loves stars everyone loves dancing this show has neither of those so <laughs> what's it even doing uh hey so the actress who plays Michelle and Sky is a star in my heart. She's a yeah. She's a star to us, and honestly, the guy who plays Taylor as well should That's be a star. He I feel be. like he he doesn't get the credit he deserves because <laughs> he is he is carrying the show. His and Sky's. We'll get to this, but honestly, like the show should have just been about his character and Sky's character. Yeah. Like, I guess like this episode, even more so than recent ones, has really underscored the question of why the hell do we care about the Shannon family. Like, what do they even do here? This episode continues to build off the past mistakes of the previous episode. Yeah. Like, and somehow does it better? Like, does the mistakes better? Like, it makes more mistakes. I'm, like, it's, Oh, okay. I was going to say, I'm not sure what you mean. That seems like almost a weird double negative thing you got going there. I'm trying to turn it into a positive, right? <laughs> like, they really double down. They really dig into the mistakes they were making before uh, and do them, like in a big way. I yeah. Guess. Well, the, the thesis for this episode for me is that like they, they're cash. They're like, they're making moves, plot moves that in the abstract, if I were to just describe them in terms of like their function and kind of their sort of thematic gestures would be compelling moves to make in a penultimate episode. Right. The problem is, is that the, uh, the deck they're playing with has been severely stacked with stupid bullshit. And so they're not really able to deliver on these hands that they've supposedly set up for themselves. Yeah. I think this episode really just highlights how, um, like the, the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? How, like throughout the show, we've, 
you know, we've sort of seen it as like, it's sort of like struggle with this identity. Yeah. Uh, in terms of it doesn't know whether it's like a family drama taking place in a sci-fi world of dinosaurs or whether it's like a, some sort of like more harder adventure science fiction type thing. And they yeah. even have some like, even harder, like, you know, creepier maybe, or like more insidious sort of feeling science fiction thrown in at like random moments. Yes. Yeah. And this episode has like all that shit in like, in 40 minutes basically yeah it has stupid family bullshit drama it has like cop detective procedural drama it Mm -hmm. has like stupid family (laughs) bullshit drama uh it had different stupid family bullshit drama uh it has like a little bit of potentially like creepy or weird science fiction and then it has some like adventure thrown it it's just like it's a mess of all these things were like, as you said, like taken as sort of in a vacuum, each one of these individual things could have worked. Like there's nothing wrong with like a family drama that takes place in a world of dinosaurs. Everyone loves Flintstones. Right? <laughs> and like, there's nothing wait, wait, wrong. Wait, 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 wait. Do you think the Flintstones is a drama? <laughs> it's dramatic to me. <laughs> hang on. Hang on. Describe to me what you think the Flintstones is about. It's about a working class family <laughs> trying to make it through in a time when dinosaurs are routinely uh-huh. abused yeah, because yeah. they're too stupid and haven't gone through the Industrial Revolution. That's right. 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 You heard it here first, folks. Pre-Industrial right. Revolution societies were dumb, <laughs> and I don't respect them. Right. And when Fred, so see, Fred Flintstone is a man who should realize his class consciousness and rise up right. with his dinosaur compatriots to uh, overthrow the ruling class. Right. But instead he becomes, so he sort of becomes obsessed with this consumerist culture culture right. to the point where he starts hallucinating the little green aliens, like the great gazoo to distract him from the horror of See, his day to day life. We did watch the same <laughs> Flintstone. <laughs> in this, in this Ted talk, I will make the case. <laughs> but do you see what I mean? Like the, it's just particularly frustrating to watch to me. Cause there will be like a scene where I'm like, Oh, this could be really good if this were not Terra Nova and right, just right. like ruin it five minutes later. It's just, ah, yeah. uh, both these yeah. last past two episodes have just proven me horribly wrong about the direction the show is going. And I'm just very, I'm salty. Yeah. I'm salty. Yeah. Uh, so let's, let's die. Let's get into the salt. Let's go into the salt mines. Let's go. <laughs> hi ho, hi ho. Speaking of Flintstone salt mines, let's do it. <laughs> uh, so we open with our sort of ticking clock of the series, it turns out, but also this episode in particular, which is that Taylor is showing Cop Dad the sort of uh, output terminal for the, the, the time rift, the time portal. Uh, and he's basically giving like us uh, the sci-fi rules of, of, of we're getting a very late, but here's here's the sci-fi <laughs> rules of how this portal works. This is how it actually uh, works. Yeah. Uh, which is that they're the you know as of now the portal only goes one way. Originally, uh, they didn't have this sort of out portal; they just had the in portal. So people would go in and then just appear random pl- spaces in in the prehistoric time, which is a very interesting idea. I feel like I hope at least they never like get into details in this. I imagine this has to be that like they get teleported within a certain like radius of like yeah. expected area because taylor mentions like oh like group two was about two clicks out of here but like right that was just a portal to prehistoric earth like earth is a large yeah place <laughs> yeah that's crazy he's, 
He's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Pilgrimage 3 went to, like, teleport in the middle of the, uh, I guess, the Pangea equivalent of the Pacific Ocean. And that boy. <laughs> Oof, we don't talk about Pilgrimage 3. In fact, we just scrap it. We just call it Pilgrimage X. And, you know, there's a memorial on Hope Plaza. It's it real rough. sad and stuff. Yeah. And everyone definitely died. There are no secret family members who swam <laughs> across the Pangean Pacific right. to make it to land. Right. Uh, no, but in this case, we have to assume that it's like within a certain yeah. geographical radius, but still kind of random because he throws out the like, you know, this one group teleported in the middle of a lake, and that was an adventure. Uh, so, anyway, uh, but now that they have this out portal, they can, you know, predict where people are going to get spit out from the time rift. One right. wonders why they didn't just build the camp around the out portal, but whatever. I mean, uh, it's in a jungle, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. They're like, they like, but like no, they, 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 they built the out portal there and they were like, this is where we're going to set up camp. And then they looked around and they were like, actually, this is a shit place for a camp, but we already <laughs> built the portal. So I guess we're going to yeah. build camp somewhere else. Maybe. I'm not, I'm not going to dwell on it too much. It's sci-fi bullshit, whatever. The harmonics are stronger here. Who cares? Let's actually, um, sorry to interrupt, yeah. but I'm not actually sorry. I'm going to do it. I've been <laughs> doing it. I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. Um, this sort of like, you know, we can say whatever sci-fi bullshit. This act. The other thing that sort of struck me throughout this episode is that if, um, as you said, if the deck of cards that this story was playing with didn't have so much bullshit in it, I would forgive a lot of like the sci-fi hand-waving bullshit that they do in this episode because there are a right. lot of just like really questionable like decisions that people <laughs> make and like, you know, on the one hand we're supposed to believe that Taylor's this superb military commander, on the other hand his troops look utterly incompetent. Yeah. And sort of like I would buy all of it. I honestly like I can suspend my disbelief pretty readily when like the uh -huh. drama and the entertainment is high enough, but because right. there's I mean you're a Flintstones fan and that, that requires a hell fan. of a suspension of disbelief, let me exactly. tell you. Exactly. Um <laughs> and not maybe not historically accurate, but who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Uh but because there's so much like other bullshit, you just notice the other you just notice this episode's bullshit yeah. even more. Like it just stands out more where it's like I'm already sick of all the other crap they've thrown at me. Right, now they right. dare throw more crap at me. Like <laughs> it's just, it's that much more painful to watch when yeah. it's already so deep in the muck, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, cop dead doesn't, none of these thoughts occur to cop dead. He's still focused on uh, catching that spy and he's been apparently conducting interviews, which in the past his interviews have mostly contained, like uh, uh, consisted of him harassing slash assaulting people. He seems to have softened uh, in his in bit. his he also, twilight years. I know he I know they're like condensing things, but he literally asks people like two or three questions. Well, it's yeah, just like, yeah. What are we doing in the hospital? I work there. Um, what's your favorite pie? Cherry. All right, thank you very much. Good Tell me if for you me. think yeah. of anything else that matters in the investigation. <laughs> yeah, so we get it. We get a quick montage of him just asking random ass people until he finally gets to sky and this is where like before we could assume that the interviews were just being montaged out to be condensed but literally his interview with sky is yes. <laughs> she sits down and he's like so where were you this night and she gets extremely flustered and was like i was with josh and we were playing chess and we were hanging chess, out my son is not nearly smart enough to copy <laughs> yeah, really. the game i hope you taught him because boy i'm sorry you had to had to go through that <laughs> Uh, he's still sh the, the, the finesse of shoots and ladders still eludes him. Let me tell you, <laughs> my son's a moron. He's an idiot. I don't care for him. Uh, I spend literally like zero time with him. Like I'll dote on Zoe and I'll like begrudgingly go like give Maddie props occasionally. But my son Josh, sometimes I forget he's even mine. 
Uh, but yeah. <laughs> because I yeah. want to forget, and he just stares <laughs> off into the distance for like 30 seconds. But he won't let me forget, that bastard. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's basically just like, where were you? Sky says, here. He's like, great, end of interview. I know, know for the questions, Your Honor. <laughs> Doesn't even like grab a nearby like fork and prod her with it. It's also like funny, too, because I feel like they make a point at the beginning of, like, um, she's very concerned about her hands, because that's where her cut is. Yeah. And, like, she sort of brushes off, like, oh, I got my hands cut up from doing construction work, and, co- and like, it's not even brought up. Like, it's so, like, yeah, yeah. This could, they could have added, like, a modicum of tension to the scene by just, like, her, try, like, trying to hide her hands, but, like, it's immediately dispelled, and everyone's just yeah. like, that's fine, like. Yeah, All right. I bet she feels kind of stupid for breaking into the infirmary. Although the thought did occur to me last episode that like, yo, you're in the jungle. People get cut hands all the time. I'm sure, yeah. like, it's not that. Yeah. But whatever. Anyway, so meanwhile, <laughs> I'm gonna introduce this plotline and then wrap it up real quick because this is this is our 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 bullshit doesn't matter story. This line. is our Zoe Maybe. likes a dinosaur story. <laughs> it is, which is that Maddie is doing homework on her like tablet, which they call a Plex. She's working on her Plex when her Plex powers down. And apparently she blew whatever. The, the, they have a name for it. It's the core. It's the battery, basically. The core. Uh, and it's dead. And the 11th pilgrimage that's going to be coming in a few days uh, is going to bring more. But she doesn't have any right now. So she goes on, like, a weird video gamey fetch quest where she, she she continues the Shannon tradition of being a terrible bargainer. Because she goes to the exact same person that Josh went to to try to get a guitar and employs the exact same strategy. Which is she just grabbed random Junk. shit in her room yeah. and, like, put him in front of him and was like, what, can you get me, like, a super rare power supply These for this? The guy's like, no. don't understand economics. <laughs> they haven't got to that course yet. No. school. <laughs> Yeah. The one uh, thing that, like, again, sort of <laughs> weirdly, I couldn't tell if I found it hilarious or just dumb and stupid or a little bit of both. But, like, yeah. the reason she gives for, like, really wanting her Plex to work is that yeah. she really wants to be able to read and she really wants to do her homework. And, like, yeah. the, the thing about this is it's, like, I understand you want to show her as, like, a nerd character because this show fucking hates nerds for whatever <laughs> reason. But, like, nobody, even nerds, say, like, oh, I miss doing my homework. Like, that's not the phrase that yeah. you say. You say, like, oh, I really want to study or I really want to, like, finish this project I'm working on. Or, like, yeah. literally anything else. And you can still make fun of her for being a nerd. But, like, they chose <laughs> this just awkward phrase of, like, I want to do my homework. It's not how teenagers speak. Even the nerds. And I can say that because I was a nerd. Still <laughs> am true. a we nerd. Got- and we we never we did we didn't even like homework. No one likes homework. No one, no one likes, likes homework. work. Period. That's why it's called work. Exactly. Uh, but no, see, what I found funny about this uh, encounter and also weirdly disturbing is that the uh, guy, the, the the MacGuffin that finally gets her the Plex or that furthers her quest is the guy is like, I can't trade you any of this junk for a, uh, a a a core, but you know I've got this bum wheel. I'm I'm a handicapped man, and I've got this bum <laughs> wheel on my like wheelchair. Uh, and you know, if you could find me a wheel, then maybe we could talk. And which like occurs to me that like, man, this community really is just like fend for yourself, old man. <laughs> like this guy like is in the jungle where it like might behoove you to have functioning like mobile yes. equipment, and nobody's offering to help this yeah. man. So they they just like hope you can trade. Hope you find a teenager who's willing to <laughs> trade you something for it. Oh, uh, just to wrap up this, yeah, uh, thing. German Tom is the one who ends up giving her. German Tom gives the dude a wheel to get the yeah. core, and then beats her to the punch. Yes, and then there's, there's another great scene where she comes in. And she's like, 
hey, Jeremy Tom, like, I'll work for you and organize all your ledgers and shit because you're so busy if you'll let me have the core. And Jeremy Tom's like, oh, well, another young, impressionable teenager that I can swoop under my wings and make them do semi-illegal activity. How I yeah. love doing so. Hey, wait a minute. Are you are you a <laughs> child of the sheriff? And she's like, yeah. And Jeremy Tom's like, actually, fuck that. Just take the core and get out of my face. <laughs> I do like he's like, oh, shit, you are the daughter of the man who can literally end my life at any moment. Yeah, just because yeah. he feels like it. Jared so, uh, Tom did not realize how fucked up the government system is until, like, that moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. That was that was an important day for Maddie. She learned she learned about uh, influence and soft <laughs> about power. About absolute power. Yeah. <laughs> and nepotism. <laughs> She's like, oh, uh, this is I can get used cool. to this. Who, who else can I extort? <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so that's that plot line. Yeah. It doesn't matter. No one yeah. cares. Um, anyway, on the more interesting side of things, so after her interview with, with uh, Cop Dad, Sky intercepts Josh on the way to work and basically asks her t- him to cover for her. The excuse she gives is that she was uh, actually getting like tubing to do more uh, bootleg liquor making. Yeah. Um, and Josh is like, yeah, whatever. I'll cover for you. It's fine. No, okay. I, this, you're skipping over a very important part. Yeah. Um, is that Josh is like, I don't know if I can lie to my dad. Which, again, it's like, bro, you've done this <laughs> three times. You've done worse, man. You've done worse, dude. Don't give me you that. You became a drug dealer by accident. You, like, <laughs> almost crippled yourself by accident, and then, and then almost accidentally became a drug dealer. It was wild. Yeah. Uh, but whatever. He he does. He is like, okay, I'll say that we were playing chess, whatever that is. I What? <laughs> chess, huh? <laughs> yeah, sure. We played it, I guess. <laughs> I scored so many points. It was That's the one terrific. with uh, the king and the double jumps, right? <laughs> right, right, yeah, exactly. That's the one where uh, with the gumdrop forest and. Uh, <laughs> That's the one with place. the ladders and shoots, right? <laughs> That's so hard. I can't never get the hang of that. I, I always forget so which trouble. is which. I go for the shoots, and I'm like, oh no, I want the ladders. Damn it! But you the can't sc- climb up so a fun. slide. Why? I can climb up a slide. Yeah, I'm I, strong. This, God damn it! This, this game is bullshit. Number one. Slides are fun as hell. Ladders suck. I don't know why I want to go up these ladders so goddamn bad. Slides are way more fun. Uh, number two, I can go up a slide. What kind of moron can I'm not, like, you can go up a slide. It's not that hard. You know, I kind of wish they had, like, hand up Josh more. as actually, like, an idiot. Yeah. You know? Just, like, I feel like they should have just gone full 50 sitcom in that way. Of just, like, the son he's is the dumb jock. dumb jock. And just, like, yeah. went with it. Yeah. Because he's kind of already halfway there. He's he's not a jock. He's like emo trash. Yeah, that's fine. Which Upda- I, which updated, I should relate updated. to, which I should relate to, because I was emo trash in high school. But <laughs> instead, I just feel pity <laughs> for this this lost soul. Uh, so anyway, but Sky having her having an airtight cover story, he decides to go. She decides to go OTG again to give the Sixers more intel. These are really like regular runs that she's going on. Yeah, she is dipping um, out. Also, how like the Sixers must be insanely close to <laughs> that's true like, and they have not found them yet which is <laughs> again like we're taylor's supposed to be this amazing commander but like the more you think about the state of like the world that he inhabits the more yeah. he seems like kind of, maybe they're just relieving a command because he's just sucked yeah <laughs> taylor relieving your command he's batting a job retired yeah, just not, we got this honestly... nice seashore cabin go fish for a while <laughs> and he's like no blam 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 <laughs> Uh, you can't even keep both your arms. How are you supposed to run a camp? <laughs> blam, blam, blam. Yeah, uh, Taylor, in, in my head, Gannon Taylor's ableist too, I guess. He just, you know what? Honestly, not the worst thing he's been so far. Yeah. Bad, but not the worst thing. 
anyway, so she goes to make another Intel run and uh, mom visitation. Uh, and this is when she gets interrupted by, and boy, talk about like rush relationships, because she gets interrupted by Lucas, Taylor's son, who instantly like becomes obsessed with her. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like calling her pet names, like can't leave her alone, is like just really laying into Super like, creep. I'm the creepy villain. Yeah. I'm the creepy perv. Uh, it's me, the creepy nerd. I'm, I, I'm committing the two cardinal sins of the show. I hate my dad and I'm a, a nerd, nerd. So clearly. I, okay. All of the nerds in the show, Lucas, who's a creepy actually evil actually intent on harming people nerd is malcolm who is shown to be like i don't even know because beyond the first couple episodes where they were like hinting that he's gonna be a creep and then he's like not like he's just a normal guy he's just a punching bag he's just a punching bag yeah nerd uh there's maddie who is like awkward like teenager whatever nerd like the only there's that one random guy in one of the episodes who's just like who wanted to t- who was trying to teach cop dad at the very beginning like all right this is how you plant food because we have to eat and cop Dad's oh like, yeah yeah this is boring <laughs> this is boring food science is boring <laughs> food sucks Fuck i want to punch this. someone <laughs> yeah like uh. every every time like the yeah I'm, i'll stop yeah, forget Forget just, forget dad fiction. This is jock fiction. This was really written is. by jocks for jocks. I mean, you you said, and I think you're right. You are almost definitely right. That this is like, you know, wish fulfillment fantasy or whatever. It's just like it it it's so vexing to me because like did the writers like the writers must have known what they were doing, right? Like they yeah. they went after this target audience. This was like the idea they went in with. Like, oh, we're going to do this. Well. I, I actually don't know because like I would totally buy that this was like subconscious uh, or that they were like they, they like felt there was something to do with fatherhood and legacy. But I mean, these were like, if I'm recalling correctly, these were like male showrunners and probably a majority male production team, like like producers and mm-hmm. uh, executive producers were definitely like running the show. Because again, Kelly Marcel dipped out after right. episode one. So like I wouldn't be surprised if this was just like a subconscious thing where there were no. <laughs> there weren't enough women on the team who, to be like, is it weird that like everything revolves around how people feel about their dads and like how? Like, <laughs> well, that, really that is. In there? I mean, I I think there's something there. I just mean as in like the the way that it characterizes a lot of things in the show and like the things that it says about like how it believes societies should be run or like the relationship between men or whatever. Like I, part of me is just like these. When you're writing a show, like, if that's your career, right, you're writing scripts and you're, like, sure. you're making this show, what's sort of, like, the impression we want to give off, what sort of things that we want to deal with, what sort of things we want to handle, like, the things that we're talking about now, I, I just, I, I can't believe that nobody in the room would, like, notice, right? I guess that's what I'm trying to say, like, uh-huh. it's somewhere along the chain, like, all this, there's just, like, this is what we have, so that we're going to roll with this, but it just... I don't know if I'm making sense. I, I'm, I'm just very disappointed. <laughs> I'm just very disappointed yeah. because a, there are like a lot of other parts of the show that just aren't this way. But this is like the overriding mode of the show. It's just like a disdain for like knowledge, the rule <laughs> of law, and a respect for like other people. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like it. It's just, and, and it's only yeah. gotten worse. Like that's the other crazy thing is like as the narrative has gone along, it they've just like 
it has been a continuation yeah. of these like themes like they just don't yeah. and they've gotten worse like they, they the beginning episodes were a lot more like just like i don't want to say nuance but like this had more like humanity in them like empathy <laughs> for others in them uh, i mean even even at the beginning when they first introduced malcolm at least like hit the weird like jealousy that um cop dad had was like semi um ridiculed by um elizabeth yeah and like was sort of like proven That's... to have some merit because malcolm yeah. did start off as like kind of a creep but like it's just all that is gone and like any any of the notion that uh like taylor's like power and like what he can do in the colony has only increased throughout the show it's the relationship between taylor his daughter um maddie and mark is just like deteriorated as well Wait, taylor you mean sorry you mean cop dad cop dad cop dad yeah maddie and mark has also just become like the old bullshit stereotypes when it started off as like almost leaning into that but then also like sort of pulling see, away, see i've like, always disagreed respect. with you about that i thought it was i know i know but bullshit. i saw that and i wanted to believe <laughs> and like it's just gotten more extreme, I guess, uh-huh. in the show. Like, it doesn't even try anymore, I guess. And it's yeah. just, to me, that's very disappointing because amongst all the bullshit and, like, all the dumb things the show does, this one just feels the most malicious of, like, mm. they just went out of their way to do this because they thought it would, like, appeal to the demographic that they were going for. Like, a lot of the See, other things that you said, I think, could yeah. be seen as, like, you get a whole bunch of dudes, older dudes together to write a script and they're given the like synopsis of the show basically and they're like yeah this is great let's make it even more about dads because i'm a dad (laughs) i want to see a show about dads and like that makes sense and those kind of shows while they might while they will probably lack a lot of perspectives and a lot of different like viewpoints within the show Uh they're not necessarily going to be bad or like they're not necessarily going to be like harmful but this like one like the the way that it's like treated it's like nerd a lot of the nerd characters or, like a lot of the side characters of the show is just like uh-huh. malicious like it's just they just go out of their way to like hurt them basically see, and it's I, just, yeah yeah i don't, I, don't I, I i guess we we don't have to debate this but i don't i again i i wouldn't even ascribe maliciousness to it. i think it is just literally like we need to commit like in the case of Malcolm, it's like we need a comedic relief character. What do we got lying around? Well, it's this guy who we've not really like. You and I sympathize with him because we don't like Cop Dad, and Malcolm is an enemy of Cop Dad, and Malcolm is a counterpart to Cop Dad. So like, obviously we're on the side of right. Malcolm. But if you just take Malcolm as like a raw entity, it's very like if you were to look at the show, and you were on Cop Dad's side, it'd be very easy to be like, well, Malcolm is the is is the uppity guy who is constantly questioning Cop Dad and is. Uh, has lust after his wife, so he's an easy, like, we need a punchline for the scene who's, like, a comedy relief character. Let's bring in Malcolm. So I don't think it's a malicious thing. I think it's just literally the the the, the, the writers saw the world differently, and this is just their unfiltered viewpoint. Like, it's not... Yeah, I mean, maybe. Maybe. Uh, we'll, but we'll anyway. never know. I'm just yeah. disappointed. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Lucas, our, our latest uh, nerd creep, um, reveals that he is uh, he he has his equations pretty much finalized. So he just needs them to be factored, or I guess like the the, the equivalent of compiling all the code, right? <laughs> uh, and so he 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 can do it by hand, but that would take months supposedly. So instead, he wants to enlist Sky to plug in his his plex to the the eye, I think it's called, which is like the supercomputer. 
yeah. in the basement that you yeah. can use to like virtually ride roller coasters and also like build time portals. Apparently, <laughs> it's a real one-stop shop for computing. Um, but uh, uh, Sky's industry reluctant to do this, and then this is actually another like unintentional running gag with Lucas, which is that he has multiple points in this episode where he tries to sound clever or like threatening and just sounds like a complete idiot. Cause there's this line where he's like, which I wish again, this is another thing where it's like, if we're, if we're in the mode, the head of the show, the head canon of the show is that, which I guess is just the canon, but the head canon of the show is that th- these are genuinely threatening and menacing and like, in, right. in, like, like uh, conniving intelligentsia lines. But like, <laughs> like my head cannon, which is that Lucas is just trying really hard to sound cool. But like, you know, he's he's what in his twenties, maybe. Yeah. Like he's he's just kind of a, a shitty Reddit kid who's like <laughs> trying to <laughs> trying to sound like a badass. Yeah, so he yeah. has this line in this case where he's like, where she's like, and if I don't, and he's like, it's a long way down. If you don't do what I say, your mother's gonna find out exactly how long. And it's like, it's not that's like clever. I like you're not making like a pun or like you're literally just like, yeah. I'm going to throw your mother off a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I, the other thing was, I feel like I understood what you were saying when you were like, it's a long way down. Like I, I get the point that you're trying right, to right, make. Right. Yeah, yeah. And he like qualifies. He's <laughs> like, by the way, that means that I'm going to yeah, throw yeah. your mother. The reason I'm off. bringing up the height of our situation is because your mother, whom you care about, I assume is I'm going to throw her. I'm going to throw her off and she'll die because it's the, the height. You follow the me? Height. You follow me here? Okay, good, good. All right, Just let me making... back up. So let me, yeah. it's gravity, right? Newton's right. equation. So gravity, right? We know this. You drop. I got to draw this out. Let me, give me a blackboard. <laughs> <Yeah>. so. <laughs> this line's really cool. You don't seem to be like appreciating how cool this line is. So let me... <laughs> this is why my equations take so long. I agree. And, and this could work. This could work. If, if our head cannon was correct. Yeah. If, like, he's supposed to sound like a fucking idiot, basically. But it's not the, how the show, like, right. wants it to be, basically. Like, many things that we have seen on the show. Um, what the show... How the show frames, like, the scene. Um, and what it, like, wants us to feel interferes with, like, what we actually sort of feel about the yeah. scene. Or what we... What we personally, like, get out of the scene. Right. Um. So, we cut back to the uh, the... The camp and um, <laughs> turns out our prediction about Lieutenant Washington actually being the second in command is completely false because she's in the camp and she's taking orders from Cop Dad. Yeah. So Cop Dad is now de facto like uh, second in command general. Uh, he starts to get suspicious of Sky's alibi and t- talks and Lieutenant Washington. I forget if Lieutenant Washington suggested he suggested they put a camera over one of the drainage ditches. That I they think suspect. Lieutenant Washington mentions that there's a drainage ditch that is open to the gate and cop dad mentions like oh put a camera over it also increase the guards on the like west perimeter or something which yeah i too is sort of like don't tell her how to run like where to deploy your troops she knows better than you do she's been here longer fuck off yeah. cop dad. i hate you so much i, hate you so much, I can actually dad. empathize with josh because he hates you deep down and so do i I know we doubted uh, him at the beginning of the show, but he was right. When he was the moody emo teenager who was just like, I hate you, Dad. It made uh, total sense. We just hadn't seen it yet, Jeff. But Josh has. We were so naive. With Cop Dad. We were so naive. So wrong. We should have listened to him. <laughs> uh, but uh, so Lieutenant Washington puts the cameras there. Meanwhile, Sky sneaks in, does the, the equations thing, plugs into the supercomputer, gets what she needs, I suppose. And then returns to the Sixers camp and finds Lucas in his creepy workshop. She gives him the equations and uh, he says, great, within a day or two, I will be able to make the portal go 
forward in time as well as back. And then yeah. he drops his other horrific line that I absolutely love, which is when he's describing himself and Taylor's relationship, he says, we have a Shakespearean relationship that borders on Greek tragedy, yes, which yes. is like, bro, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Dude. You're just mixing your metaphors. No. That, no, what happened is, and this supports your theory, this is just the way writers view the world, is that in ninth grade English, the writers <laughs> took or read uh, Greek tragedies and then Shakespeare, and they were like, what's really tragic? Shakespeare. Greek mm. tragedies. <laughs> it's in the name. That's all I got. That's all I got. I put them together. What do you get? You get our show, Terra Nova. That's our pitch. Yeah. What do you guys think? Yeah, like, what the hell even is a, sh- a Shakespearean relationship? Yeah, what, like, like, are we talking King Lear or Hamlet or like what? Macbeth? What are we talking about here? Romeo and yeah. Juliet. Othello? That's pretty fucked like, up, dude. Are we even talking about a tragedy? Like, is this like a a, a, a the Tempest kind of situation? A Midnight like... Summer's Dream. Like, is this gonna be? Is this funny? <laughs> is uh, your dad a donkey? Is, is your dad? He... <laughs> uh, although, okay, so an important bit of information is dropped in one of these conversations. Yes, I can't remember which one. Which is that, um, uh. You want to call him Sean for some reason. <laughs> yeah, you really want to call him Sean. His name is Lucas. He looks like a Sean, but he's not Sean. I've never he's met a Lucas. Sean I liked. I'm just kidding. All the Seans <laughs> that I met in my life. Um, uh, Lucas, at one point he mentions, like, oh, everything changed since, like, uh, like August. August of, 21st, 2013. Yeah, 2182 or some shit. Yeah. Uh, and then... Um, Sky is like, oh, what happened then? He's like, it's... did you almost call? Did she almost call Sky a Sean as well? No. <laughs> so Sean's talking to Sean, and uh, he says, like, you want to know why I can't stand Sean? I I think the show could use a Sean or two <laughs> in it. Um, that's really what Sean's... I'm trying to get amongst it's... all the arguments I've made over the past like ten episodes that we've recorded. I really just want to get to the lack of Sean's. Yeah, in yeah. His it's show. you know it's a diverse cast, but there's a critical, critically <laughs> underrepresented group, and that's Sean's. Sean's. <laughs> not of them, not even one. Even. Um, you have a disabled character and no Sean. How no is that Sean. fair? Come on. Um, no, but uh, anyway, Sky. he doesn't tell Sky. Lucas yeah. does not tell Sky what that means. He just drops this tidbit of information. Um, yeah. Before you guys get excited. That this might reveal some dark, horrible past about Taylor. It doesn't. So let's move on nope. to the rest of the My show. My prediction was correct again. Fuck! <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, Cop Dead, meanwhile, the new security camera does pick up Sky coming and going through the drainage ditch. Cop Dead is like, ah, shit. Uh, but what he's really upset about is that this means that Josh. Oh, Cop Dead encountered Josh earlier and asked, like, hey, were you playing chess and josh is like yes i know what chess is and that I was what love i was doing chess i look can't, can't, get <laughs> can't, can't get enough of those ladders <laughs> he walks away and his dad's just like oh my god he's so stupid <laughs> mr monopoly love him love it, chess it makes him reflect too because he's like well my wife is super smart but his son is really <laughs> oh, stupid shit. oh shit is it my fault wait a minute am i the dumb one? <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> moan realization <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh no but so so J- captain goes back to josh and says <laughs> you lied to me and like implicitly like i should i like i trusted you and you lied to me 
basically again, which is again. like, man, why would you ever trust what your son says? <laughs> and Josh even points it out because Cop Dad's like, you're grounded. Uh, and Josh is like, I've been grounded since I walked through the portal. And Cop Dad just gives a little nod like, uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, good point. Actually, I shouldn't. You shouldn't basically be able, like, allowed to leave the home, honestly. Yeah. You, all you've done is fuck up constantly. I Also, he is... I mean, he shouldn't have lied, probably, to his dad. I'll give him that. But he's also a semi-victim in this, because it's not like he meant to, like, help out. Yeah, he's just trying not to snitch. Guy, he's just trying not to snitch, yeah. Snitches get snitches. Also, none of this matters, because, like, any, any like, wrongs that anybody does, unless they're an evil, sex-assaulting like nerd maniac basically <laughs> maniac uh you can you can do anything and like be forgiven for it yes. basically yeah like is what it, it's As it really goes later. back to like in the last episode when we were like everybody is dead but nobody was wrong it's this yeah. episode does just keeps keeps at it like keeps doing that like basic uh-huh. thesis is like it's okay to do bad things as long as you have a secret family member lying around or like <laughs> something like that, basically. And Josh doesn't have any secret family members, so he's yeah. grounded forever. He has a secret girlfriend of sorts. She's not secret, but she's like the, the thing that keeps yes. the plot going for him. Yes. Uh, so Cop Dad breaks the news to Taylor. Hey, guess what? Your protege, who <laughs> we only found out is your protege like last episode, uh, but she's totally the sixer spy. And Taylor's like, ah, normally I would throw this person in the uh, in the prison out of, like, vague suspicion and torture them with <laughs> drugs and sleep deprivation. But considering this person is close to me, suddenly I feel that maybe a gentler hand is uh, under, you know, in, in need here. Uh, uh, yeah, I will give him credit that he is trying to use Sky to, like, he does see it as an opportunity to, a strategic yes, opportunity against the Sixers. he does. He, he, he has a plan. But I do agree with you. It's great because... Um, uh cop dad's like okay i'll go like make the arrangements to arrest guy and uh and uh, um taylor is like no i have a better idea and part of me was like like put out an arrest warrant or something yeah. and go through the due process and all the legal courts but no that is not no. his better idea no. Instead, what we find out is uh, Sky and Taylor the next day are playing chess, and Taylor like offhand remarks to Hot. This Mark. is the greatest like in-your-face metaphor of all. Oh yeah, it's time, very or good. symbolism of all time. Like right. they're playing chess as Taylor is trying to like outsmart and outfox uh, Sky. Yeah, and would you ever believe that Sky is better at chess, and yet Taylor is is the the tactical you know genius or whatever? Right crazy crazy not what you would expect makes you think makes you think <laughs> uh but yeah so uh sky and taylor are playing te- chess and taylor kind of offhand remarks like hey we're gonna do a big a big old big old convoy it's i'm gonna be there it's i'm gonna, gonna be, be a there. good time delicious juicy convoy right for the picking uh and as the convoy is is getting set up taylor reveals to cop dad that like this expedition this convoy is actually a trap they're gonna set up a counter ambush basically count on sky to deliver the sixers the information and then when the sixers show up to ambush the convoy ambush the sixers and take right. it down um and also confirm that spot that sky is is indeed the spy uh but they the convoy arrives and ain't no sixers just some dinosaurs and it's like oops this show just like forgets that there are dinosaurs in this <laughs> world like constantly like everyone is surprised that like there are there are not any dinosaurs they're like stegosauruses they're enormous yeah. They're enormous vegetarian plant-eating dinosaurs that none of them noticed until this very moment. 
And they're yes. like, dinosaurs? How could this possibly be? The Sixers should be here instead. And it's like, bro, I came to the show for the dinosaurs. It's about goddamn time. Come on. Well, that, might, that might be our, uh, like a consequence of the fact that the show wasn't originally conceived with dinosaurs. So they're That's like, true. That's true. Uh, but anyway, so Cop Dad and Taylor immediately start trading blame about why the Sixers aren't showing up. And then Cop Dad <laughs> makes the brilliant galaxy brain conclusion that, like, hey, you know what I noticed? All the times the Sixers ambushed us, they weren't really, like, when they when it mattered, whatever the fuck that means. Like, so, appa- like yeah. seemingly every leap. single episode, people are so upset about these Sixers raids. But all of a sudden, Cop Dad's like, you know what? It didn't really matter. Well, they weren't like, nothing of value. <laughs> nothing of value was really lost, which is, like, they're, like, two terrifying conclusions for that which is that either one terra nova is so like just flush with resources that like the sixers are like scraping to survive with these raids and terra nova is like barely even noticing like doesn't even doesn't even bother them that much or like two that like yeah that just everyone is so like mad at these raids and apparently like it's actually not that big a deal oh no the second thing that was disturbing is that like you might not be losing resources but like a bunch of people are still like pointing guns at each other and like getting injured and captured like that's that's not nothing like people's lives are put in grave danger and sometimes they die on these (laughs) adventures so like but whatever i guess it doesn't matter because literally he says their ammo storages are safe so the guns are good so all's well Uh, so Cop Dad theorizes that, oh, maybe Sky is actually, like, giving them only intel that is she knows won't, quote, hurt the colony, unquote. Um, so theorizes that she's not doing this up because she hates Terranova, because she's being forced to do it. The other weird thing about this whole, like, setup is that literally in the very next scene, it cuts to Sky talking with um, the head of the Sixers. Mira. Mira. Sean. Sean is oh, talking yeah, Sean. Sean. <laughs> 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 uh sky is talking to mira and mira is like what the hell you didn't tell us about this huge convoy that was coming through like what are you doing and yeah uh sky's like oh i didn't know and so like it's obvious from like just the scene alone that like sky is deliberately not delivering all the information to mira and yet yeah. like to preface this scene which sort of de- de- destroys the whole point of the scene in the yeah. first place they have this like insane leap of logic that cop dad has about like sky's motivation and like yeah. what she's doing it's like rather than showing and then like explaining what happened they explain what happened and then show it it's yeah. bizarre like it's just yeah. a weird and it's fine it's yeah. just not how i would <laughs> necessarily order things i don't know yeah uh but so sky goes to visit I'm not sure why she does this, but she says to pop by and say hey to Lucas. Um, I thought instantly... she stopped in to like, because she's like, you're not feeding my mother. She's, she like talks to Mira and is like, I, I didn't know, but sorry. And then Mira is like, don't fuck up again. Even though like, like, again, Mira has been shown to be a pushover. So like, I don't really feel the menace here. Yeah. Because yeah. like Mira, Mira let Cop Dad go. No strings. Like Mira gave Cop Dad everything he wanted and let him go. So I don't really buy that she's actually she's like, like gonna... don't come again or I won't feed your mother. Yeah, and it's like probably you probably will. You'll probably you probably will. You probably will. <laughs> and she also has to explain to Sky like why feeding, not feeding her mother, would result <laughs> in like her mother being a lot of pain because you know. All right, so right. we have we need ATP. Food to live, we right? need food to live. So like calories, they have energy <laughs> from cells. All right, let's back up a bit. Yeah. But but after that conversation, Sky just like bumbles into Lucas's workshop or something. She shows yeah. up at Lucas's because I guess well, she's Lucas charmed is, by like, the way. Tripping balls. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's on something. 
He's uh, having a good time. I don't think it was the actor. I don't think it was acting. I think the actor was yeah. on slate. Like, was, like, I think it's the actress who plays Sky stumbled in on the actor who <laughs> plays Lucas. I think yeah. Sean stumbled into Sean is what I'm trying to say. And they weren't <laughs> expecting this. They just had a camera rolling. Like, oh, jeez, yeah. I guess we have a scene. Uh, but yeah, so he comes at her, grabs her face, and starts ranting about how he's completed the portal, and it's great because he hates his dad, and this is gonna be this is gonna rule so hard. And then he asks her why he's been calling her Bucket this whole time, which is something her mom calls her. Yeah. He's like, oh, by the way, why are you named Bucket? And Maddie's like, well, like most, th- sorry, not Maddie. Uh, Sky is like, well, like most things in the show, it comes back. <laughs> She's on com- the other foot. Yeah. <laughs> Maddie was talking to Sean. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, we don't know what the show's about anymore. <laughs> Uh, no, but, but Sky's like, like most things in this show, it all goes back to a dad, specifically my dad, who was a soldier and like, Who's like most dads dead. in this show. Who's yep. <laughs> better definitely be dead. Here's, Jesus Christ. Here's the thing is that all, all, <laughs> here's the thing about, uh, Terra Nova is that all dads are good and all dads are, co- are, are, are soldiers or troops. Yeah. Even, even the dads who are cops are also troops. So her dad was a troop, of course, and she wanted to be a troop, too, because she's a good, you know, little uh, proto-fascist. Fascist, yeah. Um, and so she's like, so I used to put a bucket on my head and impersonate him. Um, and uh, Lucas basically lays the subtext of the show out point blank, which he says, and I wrote this down as a quote, it's weird that so many people want to be like their fathers. I want to destroy mine. And it's like, well, <laughs> that's why you are the villain of the show. I forgot about that line. That's so good. That's another one that, like... I think it's supposed to be sinister, but it just comes off as like super awkward, like yeah. cringy, like 4chan sort of like. Yeah. Welcome to our atheism. Yeah. Like, yeah have any exactly. of you guys noticed how so many people want to be out like their dads, and yet I want to destroy mine? That's what makes me different. Then Lucas turns to the sky and goes, Listen, you laugh because I'm different, but I laugh because you're all the same. <laughs> he turns to. He turns to. Sky and says, "Now listen here, you little shit. I'll let me know." <laughs> yeah, really. What did you say to me, little you little bitch? <laughs> uh, I was trained in guerrilla warfare. I have over three thousand confirmed kills. kills. Yeah, not an exaggeration, honestly. That's <laughs> basically Lucas's character. Well, he does give a, a version of that copy pasta, which he says that he reveals that his his employers they still haven't really specified who his employers or them are they are literally like yeah. the illuminati or you know whatever i but my people. employers is such a great sinister way of like talking about people who pay you money to yeah. do something i just want to use it like normally in my daily life like right, oh right, yeah right. uh sorry i can't make it to uh you know can't go somewhere today my employers have me working real hard and it's like oh so you have work today <laughs> no, no no you see it's my employers my employers an interesting thing happened to me yesterday when i was talking with my, my employers. employers he said uh, you're fired because you talk like a fucking maniac and you're freaking everybody out <laughs> yeah, you're really weirding everyone out listen you're a brilliant scientist but you keep talking about greek tragedy and shakespearean relationships and those are different things no one knows what you're trying to say Sean. You're grabbing people's faces, you're calling them by their nicknames, and then asking them why they're called that nickname. No one understands you. It's... Uh, so, anyway, he reveals that they're coming, and they will definitely, uh, like, again, like, before the show made gestures to, like, well, maybe, like, there's, maybe the question of Terra Nova is one of, like, how do you allocate this new pool of resources? But it's like, no, unequivocally, even Sean, the man what work for these people, is <laughs> like, they are 100% him Sean. evil. I don't know oh if you meant God, to do know. that. Oh, oh, you no. called him Sean. He's spreading. <laughs> ah. 
Yes. No, no. You escalate. Even Lucas is just like, nope, they're going to strip mine the yeah, fuck yeah. out of this place. 100%. 100%. That's what I'm looking forward to. That's what I'm about. Yep. I have made a, d- a deal with the devil. I am 100% clear-eyed about this. No moral ambiguity whatsoever. These people are... Let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> they eat babies for sustenance, and you know what? I don't care because my dad doesn't like them, so... <laughs> Uh, he also kisses her. I couldn't tell. A lot of these things were really murky and dark on my screen, so I couldn't tell if he kissed her on the lips or on the forehead. I think it was on the lips. I think it's just supposed to add to, like, by the way, he's bad. Yeah, he's creepy. He's creepy and bad, basically, is um, what that was about. Yeah. So Sky goes and cries to her mom, and her mom, this is a scene, and this actually comes back to, like, what my thesis about this episode is. Um, which uh, is that, like, uh, I think I mentioned earlier, which is that, like, these components should work if the things preceding them were established in a way that these payoffs would pay off these. Which is that Sky cries to her mom, and her mom is basically like, I'm willing to die because I do not like being used as a tool for evil, basically. Which, in a vacuum, a scene where this character, like, if Sky was a beloved heroine who was conflicted and her mother was this beloved character whose relationship we really believed in, and if the Sixers really were this wicked force that we genuinely believed had to be destroyed, this and scene would be full. And that was actually capable of yeah, doing was harm actually to other a threat. <laughs> like we would, this scene would have a lot of the impact because it's like somebody really coming to terms with like letting their like sacrificing their mom and her mom wanting to basically be euthanized for the right. good of this uh, uh, colony, for the good of like their beliefs. The problem is one. Sky like has just been a plot device. She was a plot device for Josh in the first few episodes. She dipped yeah. out of the show entirely, and then they brought her back when she could be a plot device again as the Sixer spy. Yeah. She basically has almost like no character outside of that. Like she was kind of hot on Josh, maybe isn't anymore. She has like vaguely a vague paternal relationship with Taylor, and she cares about her mom. And her mom has had maybe ten lines total this entire show. Yeah. And I literally know nothing about her. I don't know what she does. It might be I don't a different actress she... from the previous episode. I have yeah, no we, idea. We could never tell. She's wrapped in blankets the whole time. She just mutters like some things about being like, Oh, it's so good to see you, Bucket. And that's it. Like she is just a they are both just plot two plot devices who ironically are the most should be the most interesting characters yes. in the entire series. Yeah. But instead they're just these two like empty shells who are doing the most like the most emotive character work but they, there are no characters to be worked meanwhile the characters who do have development quote-unquote development who do get attention who do get fleshing out have fuck all to do in this episode like what is josh doing what is maddie doing what is elizabeth doing what is copted doing copted like finds a holster at one point and like makes these like deductions but he is now basically just like a spectator yeah. for like this way more interesting drama triangle between like taylor and sky and uh the sixers and the mother so like it's this weird inverse thing where like the, fi- the, 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 the the characters who get the most attention are the least interesting and least impactful. Meanwhile, the characters who should be the movers and shakers in the story and who need to be in the yeah. end just kind of dip out and then pop back up when they're relevant, and it feels completely artificial. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, it's The other sort of thing that I found kind of funny about this scene is that it semi-supports euthanasia in a weird way. Um, it... Uh, there there was a, the way i sort of interpreted it too is that the mother has been sick for a while and yes. has been like suffering um and sky just keeps coming back to like keep her alive basically yeah. and there's a semi like dark humor sort of aspect where like the mother's like 
finally, there's a way that I convince convince Sky to leave me alone <laughs> so I can finally die. I've been suffering for so yeah. long. Yes, that's true. Um, but it also, like, it sort of back up your point, it could also be sort of an interesting thing of, like, it coming to grip, like, outside of the context of, like, the, the show and, like, the idea of, like, sacrificing yourself for a greater purpose, there's also just this idea of, like, having to let go of like something that's important to you like, yeah of letting go of of a loved one or of the inevitability of like death basically and of yeah. allowing it to happen and, and, and they could even have sorry oh i was just gonna say and there's something there to that um that again it if if the show <laughs> it's it's just another like small little scene that, like, if the show did literally any work around the scene to support the scene, yeah, it could be impactful in, like, an emotional way. But yeah. because none of those things exist for, like, a lot of these, like, sort of random small scenes that keep popping up the episode, it's just another wasted opportunity, yeah. basically. And, 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 and Sky's actress, who I wish I should know her name because we, you know, keep calling her out. Like, she she is putting in so much work to make this scene, like, right. sell. Like, she she almost, like, I almost felt something in this scene. She <laughs> almost pulls it off just because I, like, she genuinely brings the, the heart to it. But, like, this show would have been so much more interesting if Sky was the protagonist or was, like, a, a second to the protagonist, was, like, sort of the anti-hero. Because right. even she has, like, p- parallels in a way more interesting relationship with Lucas than any of them. Like, most of the, the quote-unquote main characters don't even – have never even seen Lucas or even, like, interact with him at all. Right. And yet the secondary character is, like, God, I wonder if Sky's going to die in the next episode. That seems wow. like a logical conclusion to her character because, yeah. like, what else is she going to – they brought her back to use her as a plot device, and now they got to discard but, her. I mean, she needs to be rede- redeemed somehow. And um, well, in a TV show like this, I think, de- like, death is the way they're going to go with that, basically. Well, see, I say that, but now I'm thinking, like, actually the show has, like, also shown that it is way – like, it's never going to let anything bad happen to the good characters. Uh-oh. Like, yeah. they, they – right, spoiler warning, the mom lives. Two. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. I've already been proven wrong times <laughs> in the show. I will take my lumps. Uh, but yeah, so like this scene should have worked if the, if the show placed its priorities right. And I actually want to dwell on this for just a second longer because I think because th- just because this is a problem I ran into as a writer, uh, not a problem, but sort of a dilemma or a, an issue. And I think it, there might be some value in interrogating a bit more, which is I think the reason for this imbalance is the the show is kind of running in out of utility for the um, sort of fish out of water style of uh, POV characters. Yeah. So like in a sci-fi show like Terra Nova, it is useful to some degree to have characters like cop dad and like his family who are more or less, especially cop dad because he was also in prison for a while, who are more or less new to the scene right. who, who are sort of as unaware about the rules and sort of systems of the world as the viewer is so that they can learn along with it. So the viewer can be fed information and feel it feels natural because the characters also need to be told this information. Like Luke in A New Hope. Right, exactly. And and that way the audience can project themselves on the characters more easily too. The problem is, is that you have to be careful because if those are like you, your, your absolute main characters, the ones you spend the most time with. And if you don't do the work of like giving them more if you don't flesh them out beyond being receptacles for information you run into this problem where you reach the end of the of the season and your quote-unquote main characters have kind of outlived their usefulness because they don't really have they don't have history with this place they don't have grudges i mean outside of cop dead and malcolm like they don't really have and even then like a lot of the stuff that happened back then 
doesn't matter now. It's like, totally irrelevant. Malcolm isn't going after Elizabeth. Elizabeth barely says anything anymore. Like yeah, she literally hasn't done anything. Yeah. yeah. And like Maddie has this bullshit fetch quest trying to like find a core for her homework. Who like who cares? Like all they, they have nothing to do yeah. because they were net they didn't come to this place. Josh again is the closest with his girlfriend, but even then that's like stuff that maybe will pay off down the line. But even then, like none of them have anything. They don't they don't have strong opinions about anything. They don't have any uh, real goals outside of just kind of getting by. Like right. uh, they're just kind of around. And so yeah. th- when the show needs things to happen, it has to just keep them keep them around as these anchors that keep dragging the plot down. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's it, it has been it, it has revealed itself over the course of the past few episodes. But this episode, it's definitely been the most obvious, especially yeah. in terms of Cop Dad. I mean, even Cop Dad in this episode is pretty much gone and is just there to like try and catch Sky, basically. Like, yeah, put the focus back on Sky if things go off the rails. Yeah, um, or is there to like make insane conjectures about Sky's <laughs> motivations or feelings yeah. about something. Yeah. He's he's just story glue. He's just kind of yeah. like keep, keep, keeping the pieces together. Right. Uh, speaking of which, so uh, Cop Dad reveals more. He, he, he comes to Taylor and he's like, hey, uh, guess what? It's it's me. I found more stuff that pr- indicates that Sky is the traitor. I found some hacked maintenance cards that were being used to access Station 9. Um so Captain and Taylor go to Station 9, discover a holster for a sonic pistol that Taylor identifies as Skye's. So Sky is definitely the, the spy now. Sky arrives at that station, and uh, Taylor and Captain instantly draw on her, which is kind of fun. Uh, and Skapti con- uh, Scott, what the fuck? Sky confesses that she basically, <laughs> she says that she, I was wondering the whole time, like, how did the sick mom get out of the camp and into the Sixers camp? Apparently Sky smuggled, smuggled her out. Yeah, like, Sky <laughs> Sky reveals that, like, because this all tumbles out as, like, a stream of conscious, like, not stream of conscious, but it's, like, one long confession. She's like, I was working with the Sixers, but the reason I was working for the Sixers was because uh, when my parents got sick, uh, my dad died, but then I guess Mira contacted her and told her that they had a cure, so I smuggled my sick mom out of the camp. To the Sixers. Yeah, they, they, they gloss over how her sick mom got to the camp in the first place. Yeah. Just like, and then she was there with the Sixers <laughs> doing drugs that yeah. Josh smuggled in because Josh is a drug dealer. Yeah. <laughs> Accidentally. By, by Accidentally. <laughs> the uh, worst kind of drug dealer. <laughs> you're not even making a profit. Like, you're <laughs> smuggling drugs. Terrible. Uh, don't do that, kids. I mean, don't do <laughs> drugs in the first yeah. place. But it's calling you a dealer is too is too generous. You're basically a mule. Like, let's mule, be real yeah. here. Yeah, right, right. Uh, but so Taylor's like, and Sky's like, but listen, that doesn't matter because Lucas has constructed the portal, and I know that shit's gonna get really bad if he does activate it and manage to bring his employers here. And Taylor's like, you've been lying to me this whole time. Prove that you even talked to my to my son. son. And Sky's like, uh, he mentioned this date where our trauma happened uh the the date that we mentioned before and taylor like instantly is like well that proves you spoke to him which i guess proves that everything you've said is the truth, truth. so yeah we got it we got to go got to go to the portal yeah uh it kind of reminded me of like in video games when um it's trying to prompt you to like press a certain button during a cutscene to like do yeah. something and the bad guy's like taking a long time because he's waiting for you to press the button um, <laughs> taylor was just like Prove to me that you, that like you even met with Lucas. Prove to me that you talked to him. Tell me yeah. something that only Lucas would know. Tell me something that 
traumatic event that happened in Luke's yeah. past that only he would know that he would tell you and he'd want me to know. Tell tell me something that only Lucas and I would know about a traumatic event that happened in the past and the specific <laughs> date of this traumatic event that happened in the past that only he and I would know that would prove that you talked to Lucas. And it's just like, I don't know. It's just, it's... It takes, it's, yeah. You get what I'm trying to say. You know what I'm trying yes. to say. I loved it. It was great. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Sky aces that quick time event. Um, yes. Fortunately, she she exactly. completed the side quest that gave her the right dialogue option <laughs> for that, uh, and so she manages to convince Taylor to that the portal is 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 the key. Um, so meanwhile, back with the team that's guarding the portal, uh, it activates they remotely. Suck. They suck They're really bad so at their jobs. Bad. Uh, the so Lucas shows ever. up like they were so okay. So like multiple fuck ups here. One, Lucas, despite being on 24-7 surveillance, the soldiers are all standing in a rigid line in front, uh, only one end of the portal in the middle of the jungle, yes, which is a problem for two notice reasons. notice that yes. Lucas comes up in the first place despite being on 24-7, like, yep. watch the entire time. And then secondly, Lucas is able to wipe them all out by remotely turning the portal into like a laser cannon yeah it's not really clear what he like i guess he like tweaks the settings or whatever i mean basically the portal blasts. can suck things in it can spit things out it's, yeah i guess but he basically just flattens them all with like a, a portal blast basically this is the previous uh, bit about standing in a rigid line yes yeah uh he gets gets an amazing like penta kill on these soldiers because yeah, yeah. they're <laughs> yes. Just lined up from Penta Kill. <laughs> Team Kill. He teabags the person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he he dance emotes over them. It's like, oh, bad manners, bad manners. Uh easy game, easy life. Easy game. Uh so uh Cop Dad and Taylor arrive as the backup. Lucas is standing in front of the portal and reveals a blast from their sonic guns will destroy the portal. So he basically check and mate, uh which is like I bet it's a the standoff. Yeah, I bet the captain was thinking like, "Man, I wish we had like normal guns like right now." <laughs> like, boy, that'd be great. What a twist that'd be if if Lucas was like, "Those sonic guns will hurt the gate," and cop that just blows him away, and yeah. it's just like this ain't a no sonic gun, and then like blows on the barrels. Yeah. This show just ends with like, "Wow, I'm glad we brought <laughs> normal guns to that standoff with your son." Also, yeah. sorry about murdering your son, but he had it coming. Yeah. This show Cop is Dad's all like, about father Cop son. Dad- Shakespearean father-son relationship. Yeah, yeah. So this is a fitting end. Captain's like, remember that episode where an EMP literally rendered all our weapons useless? Yeah, I've stopped. Like, I started carrying just a normal-ass gun because it seemed like a smart <laughs> thing to do at that point. Uh, but no, instead, Lucas has handily outmaneuvered them and is like, fuck you, Dad. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. I hate you. And then activates the portal and goes through it. Yeah. Um, and just to drive home how evil he is, uh, Taylor is like, think of like the children like there are real people yeah. who are gonna be hurt don't do this and he's just like fuck you it means you lost <laughs> <laughs> my employer's gonna come and fuck everybody up they're gonna tear this land apart and you suck dad i hate you so much and then he dips out yep uh and then uh meanwhile uh, back at the sixers camp an ominous figure steps over the mother cut to uh she smuggled out of the Sixers camp and is now in the hospital on Terra Nova. Not only that, but unlike Sky, uh, this mysterious saber thought to actually bring some of the medicine back to Terra Nova <laughs> so they could synthesize the compound. Yes. Which, beyond saving her mother, Sky is also dooming like anyone who catches this disease to death in Terra Nova because she didn't think to bring some That's of the true. medicine back. That's true. There uh, are a lot of dumb things about this ending. <laughs> uh, in addition, the guy who brought 
um, her, Sky's mother back is yes. named Kearns. Yes. And he is the one who was exiled previously yep. without a trial. I would like to add, without a trial, yep. um, by Taylor for murdering another soldier. And Taylor then, in another previous episode, uh, <laughs> threatened to murder him <laughs> in the jungle yep. if he didn't go and work for Taylor as a Sixer spy. Yes. And... Taylor is having a conversation with Comp Dad, which, like, again, the show gets, like, almost close to, gets sort of close to saying something, but yeah. cannot say anything at this point, where Comp Dad is like, yo, you're just gonna let the guy back into, like, Terra Nova? Like, he's murdered a dude. Like, yeah. he's still committed murder, and that's not cool. Which, I can agree with, actually, Comp Dad. Yeah, dude yeah. He did murder some guy. Maybe we should think about this a little bit more. But Taylor just turns, and he's like, he took a life and he saved another, so everyone deserves a second chance. I know something <laughs> about that. Which, actually, again, this is actually an interesting aspect of yeah. Taylor as a character. He is willing to give people a second chance because he himself has had a sort of second chance. Yeah. But because the show just views Taylor as, like, a god, which, again, like, Taylor's son mentions that, like, Taylor's no god, he's just a man, which, like, normally might make you pause and think like oh maybe this guy has a good point but because he's shown as just being a total creep yeah like, it actually comes off as being like no you're wrong taylor's jesus christ like, yeah yeah how dare you badmouth my sweet yeah, my sweet fascist dare... daddy like that exactly exactly um and then like otherwise um this the scene could could show an aspect of like taylor as a character of like the way that he thinks and operates the world and then the show could have left it up to the viewer to interpret like whether or not we agree with Taylor's viewpoint. But because yeah. the show has not done any of that throughout the show, like, Taylor's word is just law and like yeah. views Taylor as being in the right 100% of the time. It just takes this as face value that like if you murder somebody but then save somebody else's life, like that's to- you're totally washed away yeah. from like all of your sins or all the problems that have begotten you. But only past, sometimes, because I wager but, that Taylor has exiled people in the past and has right. not given them second chances. Right. But only so. sometimes. Only if you do it in as like a good deed to Taylor, basically. Right, right. Yeah. Um, if Taylor's and, in a good mood and yeah. you seem useful, yeah. he'll let and you, so he'll let you it's just in. It's another one where it's like, the show is this so close, so close to actually saying something meaningful or, or like of doing something with like the world and the characters that it's presented, but it just it never gets there. Like it just stops yeah. short and is like completely satisfied with the conclusion that conclusions that it draws. Yeah. Um, and it's sad. It's but sad. this, com- this conversation does prompt Taylor to finally reveal what the- happened in this traumatic day. And guess what? Jeff was right again. The problem isn't that Taylor did actually something bad or questionable or morally compromising it was that he wasn't cool enough to, uh, save. to save his wife. Yeah. His wife died in Somalia that day and, Lucas has hated him ever since, and Taylor's hated himself ever since. And man, how's he ever gonna forgive himself for not just being the best at everything, despite being a rad dad? So, womp womp. Uh, the episode, the end. Yep. Oh no, no. <laughs> he has a speech that's like, "We're gonna fight him on the beaches." <laughs> he has a him. he has a speech where he's like, "Guess what? There's a draft now. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> not sorry." I have some bad news. <laughs> um, you're all conscripted into the army. Yeah. Actually, it's good news to me. Like, this is great. Yeah. I love the army. All of you should like being in the army unless you hate your dads, in which case, fuck off, Josh. <laughs> Get out of my army. Get out of my army. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, so he gives a rousing speech where he's like, we're going to have to fight the 
employers slash the, <laughs> the Illuminati employers. slash the global elites or whatever. They're coming for us. It's so. fucking Amazon. <laughs> Straight up, Jeff, Jeff Bezos. Bezos, at Jeff the Bezos. Front. I would I would love this show. Bezos if it, uh, if on, it, on if, the front lines. If the bad guy was Amazon of the future, I'd be like, okay, maybe this show <laughs> has a point. <laughs> Actually, again, I know like, I called Taylor a fascist before, but actually, there is such I a can better see where ver- he's coming from. There is such a better version of the show where, like, the employers do come through and they're they're actually like aid workers, like they're UN like oh, shit. soldiers that are like Taylor is like a Kurtz figure. Like, we he right. wasn't supposed to do this shit. His mission was to go and like like find a good place for a base camp and and then like like set up the 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 setup for like a new government but he just went fucking rogue and like this is nasty the show's not gonna do that but man there's so many better versions of this setup there is there is it it they squandered what actually turned out to be a pretty cool science fiction setup honestly like of all the things that like worked out that worked out the most in such a bizarre way and I was skeptical because it's like a cop show with dinosaurs. Like that's yeah. like that's the pitch, right? But actually, like the inclusion of the dinosaurs let them do like at least had some entertaining scenes. It let them do interesting like interactions with like the environment, yeah, in a way. And it provided like a landscape for a some sort of inhospitable world, which allowed them to like build any sort of relationships between any of the characters basically yeah because uh, all of them had family members who were dying of something essentially <laughs> um and so like the the fact that like honestly this show could have probably used more dinosaurs or just like more <laughs> of that kind of thing and it would have been better is not what i would have expected going in uh-huh yeah but i think they could have made it work i I think they could have made it work this has a lot of the trappings of the sort of science fiction that deals with the sort of questions of survival and you know all the classic tropes that come in with like zombie apocalypse shows or whatever and it doesn't even have to go that route because it is like dinosaurs it could stay kind of goofy or family friendly um and the the environment still would have supported that in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. Cause within the compound, they're very safe. And like, again, having that, having a sort of like, um, having the wilderness or like dinosaurs be a symbol of not only fear, but also of wonder, which they kind of try to do with. Zombie. Yeah. <laughs> but again, cause it's totally relevant to the main plot. <laughs> nobody cares. Um, and it could have worked again with like the sort of family drama, like yeah. having, a sense of like wonder or a sense of like a place where you belong in this community. Yeah. All that good stuff. Like and all of these different tracks, like with the setting in a weird way, could have worked. The setting had something going for it and everything else was just, has yeah. been just really, just has not made it, has not done anything with it. Has sure. squandered it basically. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the version of the show that works is get rid of the entire Shannon family or maybe condense them into <laughs> one character, like one character who like smuggled himself onto a, uh, a, 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 a pilgrimage or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Sky is more of a main character. Uh, and it's just about Taylor and Mira and Mira is not someone who's being held in hostage by the Illuminati, but is in fact like a rogue faction or is a differing faction that wants to use Terra Nova as like a way to improve the future instead of abandon the future Taylor, meanwhile, says abandon the future, only improve the past. And it's about their sort of ideologies clashing and the 
problems that come from that while surviving, trying to survive in a hostile environment. Like right. there's there's a or, compelling sci-fi drama. Or in a, like in the totally opposite direction, but I think could work equally well. Get rid of Sky and um, let's call them Kurtz and Taylor and <laughs> um, <laughs> and Sean and Sean. Yeah, Sean. <laughs> what is Sean doing here? Get what has Sean done lately? Here. Uh, and instead, just have it about the Shannon family who has escaped their old lives and extreme poverty for this new life that they now have to adapt to. And maybe the ways that they viewed themselves as a cop or as a doctor in the or as a nerd or as an emo child teenager, <laughs> uh, suddenly like those ways of viewing yourself don't work anymore in this new environment. And through like heartwarming scenes with themselves the community and dinosaurs they come to a greater understanding of humanity's place within the world a greater respect for nature and a greater respect for each other and for themselves and for yeah. the changes that they experience throughout their lives do you see what i mean yeah. both of yeah. these are good like both of these could be good and they did n- none of these they did none of this no. and none of this exists in this in this series yeah. it's so well. frustrating i'm frustrated anyway <laughs> i like i'm honestly more frustrated than kings because like Kings was sloppy, but you could see that they were trying to do something with the setting that they had. Like they had yeah. interesting setups, they had some interesting payoffs, and like it was just a matter of sort of like execution and like things going in too many directions. Yeah. But this one is like it's like they didn't even try. Like they had this setup, and well, then uh, I, I don't want to say they didn't I, even try. I want to be careful. I want to be careful about like because that's a classic like hacky criticism to be like the writers are so lazy. It's like no, they tried. No, no, no. I don't mean they tried. I worked really hard, probably. No, no, no. I don't mean as in they didn't try. As in like they were lazy or hacky. I yeah. mean as in like they saw this and like they took it to their like vision, like how they viewed like the sort of story and the sort of like themes or whatever that they wanted to tell were were just like to me were just that was like what makes it lazy i guess does Mm -hmm. that make sense like i i want to uh, you're right and i don't want to like like personally like threaten or antagonize or whatever writers right like that's i don't i don't think this is what this show is about but it i guess it goes back to maybe what they were doing wasn't malicious right like maybe it, it really is like you you get a bunch of these writers in the room and they just told the story that they wanted to tell and it just came off as like incredibly tone deaf mm. tone deaf and a lot of times unsympathetic to viewpoints outside of their own but i think that's part of like any sort of creative endeavor or any sort of when you're making something of course you want to tell a story that's important to you and to your viewpoint and what you're trying to say but i I also think it's important to like try and incorporate, you know, be empathetic to how other characters. You're saying you're saying they you're saying they didn't approach their own worldview with enough skepticism, or they never were critical or questioning of their own kind of assumptions. Yes, and I think that can be called lazy, in a way. Yeah, possibly. That is a sort of laziness, or if not laziness, it's just a sort of like. Um. A lack of rigor. Lack of rigor. Yes, yeah. thank you. This is why you're a writer. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a writer. Um, I'd write the same kind of show, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I can't criticize. Uh, yeah. I, I just mean as in, like, they had this... It, it. I think it comes across as very almost... It makes a lot of sense to me that, like, it had the original writer of the show, and then yeah. she dipped out. Right? Like, it, it, you watch this show from the beginning yeah. to 
the end and like that makes sense you can see why that is yeah yeah for sure uh well i'm looking forward to seeing how it all wraps up in our in our big yes, finale finale two-parter so buckle in for that because we are i mean we're going to be covering the finale in one episode like we did the pilot so look for yep. an extra long extra juicy oh uh, finale episode next week uh but not too but, long just right yeah yeah <laughs> just 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 Probably. good enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah so uh until then uh I, is there anything else you want to touch on or, or plug or are we ready to, nope, to wrap this guy nope. up i've ranted and raved long enough <laughs> All right. Well, uh, as always, thanks for listening. Uh, if you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Let people know uh, about the show because we love to have new listeners. We love to get the, na- the, w- the good word, <laughs> the good news and the bad news out there. <laughs> love to spread it both in equal measure. Uh, on our socials, we're at we're, we're one season wonders with a one not not spelled out with numeral one season wonders on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, at Gmail. Uh, reach out to us. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you want to see us covers next. Um, and yeah, we'll uh, conclude our Terra Nova series next week. So uh, get get pumped for that. Uh, as always, this has been One Season Wonders. I have been your co-host, Jeff Suchlog. I have been your co-host, Mark Zuchlog. And we are tuning out. Goodbye. And I'm Benji. And we're the co-hosts of Rated PG. We have three boys, and to keep ourselves from going totally insane, we started a podcast to talk about the crazy stuff they watch all the time. Join us every Wednesday as we dive into the movie that's about to push us over the edge. And Friday, you get a dose of what we're dealing with with Nate's Take. Listen on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Campfire.